Hi, I'm Tristan Miller, and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality of mental health and the arts. In today's episode, I speak with Katie Kilborn and Courtney Murray. They're the founders of Born Dance Company. We have a discussion about eating disorders, anxiety, and fueling your art. You can go to their fundraiser in New York on February 23rd and see me perform some stand-up comedy. You can go to borndance.com for tickets and more details there. It is donation-based, so it's free to attend, but we ask that you make a donation to the company. Also, some housekeeping things before the interview. This will be the last episode of Positive and Negative for its first season. We're going to be taking a brief hiatus for one to two months while I curate some more interviews with some really fantastic artists who want to share their story and experiences with mental health. All right, here's Katie talking about her eating disorder. When I was 16, I was um, severely bulimic. I was for a couple of years, and then I started going to therapy and 12-step groups mm-hmm. to recover. Um, uh, 12-step groups is similar to like Alcoholics Anonymous, but yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that's why I still use the term recovering um, as opposed to recovered. It's because it's something that I do deal with on a daily basis, and I will for the rest of my life. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't still act out in my bulimia, except that that thought is always there and I always have to be like, no, like I am fine the way I am and I love my body and da 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 but it will always be there the rest of my life. And here's Courtney Murray talking about why she uses dance to express herself. Yeah, it was like, I remember being on stage and my parents coming and my sister coming and all these people came up to me and they're like, you are the most beautiful thing ever on stage. Like, I don't know what happened to you, but, like, you took the sunshine out and, like, you just, you performed. And it was like I was looking into your soul. And I was like, wow, this is what this feels like. And it just... This program is sponsored in part by Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller to support this and all of my internet endeavors. All right, let's get to the interview. But what is the company that we're talking about? What is it called? What? How did it start? Uh, the company is called Born Dance Company, and it started four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly started because I was fired from another dance company, and I thought I could do it better myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am current, or I am a recovered bulimic, and I always mm-hmm. wanted to do a show for eating disorder awareness. And from there, it just kind of blossomed, and now we do mental health in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. And how did you get involved? Uh, I was in the same company okay. that was the the shitty one, and we did the audition together, and we had one rehearsal together, and we had this whole conversation about how we were going to do a dinosaur dance one day, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she was gone, and I was like, "What <laughs> happened?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, "Where, where's Katie?" And mm-hmm. then uh, she emailed me a couple months later and was like, "Do you want to be in the company?" Uh-huh. And I saw like one clip that you did, and I was like, "I'm sold. I'm done. I don't. I'll be there." As soon as I get back to New York. And so it's been great. I think My Solo was the first piece that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of 
bloomed into this amazing company that's trying to do real um, great work for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and how's it changed since the first year to the now the fourth year going in to it? Oh, so many ways. Um, well, the first major sh- show we did was our eating disorder awareness show. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we just did little gigs here and there. And we just kind of, um, it wasn't so based around mental health until we had our first eating disorder awareness show. And mm-hmm. then the reception that we got was pretty crazy. Like we had people who were dealing with eating disorders themselves. So they came out to see our show and it really opened our eyes. Like this is a big thing that is not talked about. Um, and so from there, then we started doing workshops and then it kind of grew from that. Then we realized that like art is such a vital tool in people's recovery process. So then we decided to make that our main focus. And now we're doing workshops all the time for people and it's a really beautiful experience and our shows are getting bigger and bigger because we realize that there's so many artists that don't have necessarily platforms to share their stories or they don't know where to share their stories. So that we also have that as well. Okay. Um, and do you consider what you do drama therapy or like a form of therapy, artistic therapy, I guess? Um, yes and no. Um, we've been trained by therapists, but obviously we're not therapists ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we have, bits and pieces and tools from real therapists we're also coming from it from a place of like we've been through this ourselves so we can relate to you as humans mm-hmm. um what were the what was that experience like working with the therapist like how did you go about doing that um how did I go about that I don't know <laughs> again I just got connected one of my okay. persons like hey this person's a dance therapist I think you should get connected with them and then from that we I worked with them and we started building um, a workshop together, and then I also I volunteered at the National Eating Disorder Association mm-hmm. for a very long time, and um, they trained me on how to um, not necessarily give therapy because I'm not qualified to do that, mm-hmm. but how to like talk people through what they're going through. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. And when did both of you start dancing? That that's a a career um, that takes a lot of gumption to go into, I think. I think I was like four, but I only mm-hmm. like I I didn't take it seriously seriously because I was told that I was an awful dancer. So I was like, really? I'm, yeah, like I was already always put in the back, and mm-hmm. no one paid attention to me. Um, and then I was like eighteen, and someone I went to a competition, and I saw um, this choreographer have her dancers. They did the choreography, and then they improved, mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful. And I was like, I don't. I don't care yeah. who, like, what you think of me. I'm going to be on that stage. Like, it was the first moment where I was like, no, I, I want to be that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't, they were so much better than, like, the girls I danced with. So mm-hmm. I was like, if they're not even at that point, then I, I'm still in the run to, like, mm-hmm. go and be who I want to be. And so I feel like I've only really started dancing until mm-hmm. I was 18, but... Mm-hmm. And then did you go to school for it afterwards? Um, and like, oh, we're still on me. Yeah, um, why not? <laughs> we can linger. <laughs> um, I, I, I moved to a bigger city, and then I got into some training programs. I got into some companies, and then I, um, I was going to do um, dance uh, psychology is where I was wanting to go into. So I did a lot of. I went into psychology more. 
Um, What's dance psychology? Well, then I found out that people really don't know about dance psychology, and so therefore I probably would not get a job. Um, But dance psychology is really, it's almost being a life coach, but not because, you know, Hmm. um, for dancers. So it's helping them get through all the issues that we have to go through. So like eating disorders, low Mm self-esteem, going through auditions, all of that, but then taking it in a more practical way of helping them find jobs and Mm -hmm. audition well and, um, you know, manage injury. So it's like really just helping dancers do what we do and not have like a mental breakdown, which is really easy to do. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just like learned so much. Like, oh, that's nice. When did you start dancing, Katie? Um, I also started when I was four years old. Um, Yes, grew up in a ballet school, and I hated it Mm -hmm. because I was also always put in the back because I'm not a Mm. ballerina. Um, (laughs) And then when I was a teenager, I discovered jazz dance and contemporary Mm -hmm. and Broadway. So I I was like, I want to be on Broadway when I'm older. (laughs) Um, And so I went to school on the East Coast, but then I discovered choreography. That's when I fell in love with choreographing over dancing. And then several years later, here we are. I feel like, and I would, I would like both of your opinions on this. It feels to me that ballet is kind of similar. Ballet is to most other dance what mime is to acting. Like it's a good tool to have in your belt, but it's it's like a good foundation for movement stuff. But it's not necessarily like a thing to pursue on its own. Or is that incorrect? I know nothing about the dancing. <laughs> That's okay. Which is, um, it's like. If you're going to do ballet, you do ballet. Ah, I see. And there's, like, so you have, like, the professional companies, and Mm -hmm. you have, like, the big companies and the small companies. Um, And there's a little bit of contemporary ballet, but it's still ballet. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're going to do ballet, you do ballet. You do ballet every day for, Uh like, the rest of your life. Whereas if you're going to do, if you're going to go on Broadway, Mm -hmm. ballet is great because then you have that as a tool, but then you're going to focus on all your other training. Sure. Um, whereas I feel like ballet training, you just, for the most part, you stay very, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I, don't, I feel, and I could be completely wrong too because I know nothing about acting, but I feel like it's the equivalent of like Shakespeare. Sure. Like mm. that's where you start and then you have to know it and yeah. there's just people that focus on that, but mm-hmm. also you can take yeah. that lesson and move on. That was also a thought I had when she was yeah. talking. So I think we're all in agreement yeah. ballet <laughs> is Shakespeare. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you were talking about like, I would like to know a little bit more, Courtney, about the the issues that some dancers would face that you would be coaching them through and that mm. sort of thing. Like, what is what are common sorts of, I guess, issues, right. for lack um, of better words? So, I, and thinking a lot about, like, what I went through, too. Like, mm-hmm. um, even if you have supportive teachers, there's a lot of times where you're told you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been told I'm not good enough. I've been told that I should stop dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when it's something so related to your body as well, yeah. it's very hard not to take it so personally of mm-hmm. like, I didn't get this solo because I can't do it because my body can't do it. Or yeah. I'm not as beautiful doing it as another person is. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of issues with the body comes in too because it's not only it's not our personality it's what we look like when we're doing a combination or um 
am I good at, good at turning? No, I'm not going to get that solo. Yeah. And it's very, it's, um, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful art, but it can be hard to separate when you're told no. Yeah. Because it's so personal too. And like when I get on stage, I feel like I am showing you everything that I have. Like my inner soul is on stage. And then if someone says, oh, that was okay. Yeah. It's a complete slap. Because it's like, I I danced for you. Like Mm -hmm. that this is my expression. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that can be hard. And um, auditions are like one of the, my, if I were to pick a hell for myself, it would be just me auditioning mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, and it's because it just feels like I'm. I have to be put on. I'm put on this like a spotlight. Yeah. And I have to. I, I have to be the most like cute personality ever <laughs> because I have to make sure that they love me uh-huh. and I have to look cute and I have to be like on my game. I can't fall down. I can't like be a normal person. Because mm-hmm. I might not get the job, and um, there's there's ways to get through that, um, but I I'm still learning, and I feel like a lot of the dancers I know that are coming up to trying to be a professional dancer, they're finding it hard to like, like one of our company members actually was talking to me, and she was like, I keep being told no in auditions, and mm-hmm. they're not telling me any why, like why they're ah. saying no. And it's making me so frustrated. Yeah. And she's like, is it my age? Is it like what I look like? Like I don't, because I'm getting no feedback. And mm-hmm. a lot of our business comes from getting no feedback and just yeah. knows. Um, so I feel like those are kind of the important things that I'm, I, I feel like I went mm-hmm. through. And then mm-hmm. if you think about eating disorders, like yeah. so many dancers I know have had some sort of eating disorder at one point in their life. Yeah, I suppose when you're like your body is constantly being told it's not good enough, yeah. you're gonna try and change it. And Katie, you had mentioned that you are recovering. Um, would you mind speaking a little bit about your experience with eating disorders and so oh, forth? Sure. Um, so when I was 16, I was um, severely bulimic. Mm-hmm. I was for a couple of years, and then I started going to therapy and 12-step groups mm-hmm. to recover. Um, as uh, 12-step group is similar to like Alcoholics Anonymous, but yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that's why I still use the term recovering um, as opposed to recovered. It's because it's something that I do deal with on a daily basis and I will for the rest of my life. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't still act out in my bulimia, except that that thought is always there. And I always have to be like, no, like I am fine the way I am and I love my body and da 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 But it's will always be there the rest of my life. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, do you think dancing initially helped or hurt it? Um, ah, that's a tricky question. Yeah. No one's actually asked me that before. Um, I think my eating disorder was definitely developed from dancing, yeah. especially growing up in a ballet academy, because um, mm-hmm. it was very much like you should look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also there's so much that I can't say with words. I'm really awkward at speaking and I'm really bad at expressing my stories, but I can do that through dancing. Yeah. Um, so then I discovered like improv or I discovered like choreography where I was able to tell my story more. So then it became like a recovery tool. Yeah. Um, 
but it's hard. And that's actually one of the reasons when I first moved to New York, I auditioned all the time. But I would wake up at like 5 a.m. I would go to a call dressed in a leotard and lipstick and everything. And then we would do a single pirouette and they would go cut, cut, cut. Mm-hmm. So it literally has nothing to do with dancing. Yeah. You're like, you are strictly judging me on how I look. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, this is not for me. This is not healthy for me. I don't like, I'd much rather be in a smaller company and get paid less, but be able to do like what I love to do as opposed to someone like literally judging me on my body. Like I've had friends that didn't get jobs and they told us like, cause you need to lose weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really sad. Yeah. It's yeah. really sad. Yeah. It has nothing to do with talent. No. Yeah. That sounds very, very stressful. Yeah. Um, and do you, how do you feel now that you're kind of in charge? Like what's the difference? Like, now that you're running th- the show, as it were. Um, oh, huh. Uh, well, it's different because the focus isn't on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I I know that I don't put pressure on any of my dancers to look a certain way because to me it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like the environment of our rehearsals is really relaxed and everyone mm-hmm. is, like, there to support each other. No one's in competition with each other, really. Um, the same way that you would if you go into a company where there's that that pressure to be perfect and look perfect. Yeah. So it feels nice, yeah. like, I mean, I am in charge, but also I'm, like, not because, like, we're such a collaborative, like, group of people just trying to, like, create art together. It feels like a very nurturing environment. Good. And we also, like, will use their opinion, mm-hmm. like, throughout the process, too. Like, even when we do photo shoots, we make sure that they feel comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we've all been through stuff where we've had to wear stuff, and it, it like, ex- exposes yourself. And, like, you know, so we, we try really hard to make sure that everyone feels comfortable because we've been there. Yeah, like, I, we had a dancer last season, um, and she would always ask us, like, what do you want our hair to look like? What do you want us to wear? And I'd be like, I don't care. And she would get so frustrated at that. Sure. Um, but for me, it's like, I, it's not like I'm saying like, I don't care. It's just like, I want you to be comfortable. So like yeah. one person might be really comfortable wearing red lipstick. Another person would be comfortable wearing like nothing on her face. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. You do what you yeah. want. It's all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I would like to hear a little bit more of the process of like how you feel and how you go to set about creating a, a dance piece that is telling your story and what that process is like. Mm. Yes, I need you to tell me about your process, please. I hate <laughs> telling people about yeah. my process. My least favorite thing to do. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, you have a fun one, though, for this year. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So in general, <laughs> um, in general, I usually start with, like, one idea, and I ask everyone, I was like, hey, how do you guys feel about this? Mm-hmm. Um and then I pick the songs I want to do, and I have, like, a story in mind. And then, I don't know, um, I feel like every piece I choreograph has, like, little bits and pieces of my story, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily share that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, it's very personal to me. And also, I feel like art, the most powerful thing about art is that we can look at something and take away what we need to from it. Yeah. Like, we can look at the same painting, or we can look at the same play, mm-hmm. or, like, whatever, but you take away what you need to. That's why I don't always, like explaining what my pieces are about because I'm like whatever you see is what you needed to see yeah mm-hmm. um like the same way I view about like tarot cards yeah. or like you know just like whatever you take from it, it's what you needed to yeah um so I start with the idea and then we build from it there and then I ask like the dancers how they feel about certain pieces so like right now we're doing Alice in Wonderland oh. um but we're making our own is that all of the characters that we're doing have their own like different mental health struggles or mm-hmm. their different things that they're dealing with so for example like 
Courtney is the caterpillar, but her theme is like being overindulgent yeah. and like yeah. a little bit narcissistic yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so then we have like the rabbit and she is anxiety. Yeah. So all of her movements is very much just mm-hmm. filled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then we have the queen who's angry and power. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So when yeah. I we choreograph, I, I do little things that represent like my story. Like, for example, the, the rabbit represents anxiety and my my history, along with um, being bulimic, I also used to cut. Mm-hmm. And so she does something that's very minor, but it represents cutting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, like, that's a little bit of my story. That's not necessarily what her story is. I'm like, okay, so what do you do when you're anxious? And then she helps me, like, give me some of her ideas, and then we build, like, a piece together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my process. Yeah. That's That sounds I- ideal for the artists. Um, when did you start, and how did you stop? The, the cutting thing. Mm. Um, cutting happened when I started recovering from my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, because, so, um, with eating disorders, people usually assume that it's just about losing weight, um, but there's different layers of it, including, like, having control. Um, for me, it was mostly about control. And also, um, I am a trauma survivor as well, and so trauma survivors usually tend to go with bulimia over anorexia because it's a very violent um, process. And so when I started getting over, when I started recovering from bulimia, there's still those moments where um, cutting would help me take out kind of that anger as Mm -hmm. well as it is like a purging exercise and is something that releases like endorphins because you feel better after it. So it was like a substitute. Um, And so from there, then I had to like realize I'm like, hey, why am I doing this action now? And then, um, so I went back to therapy to help me kind of put all my ducks in a row and be like, okay, mm-hmm. this happened, you got over that, but now you're doing this. So how can I get over that to kind of go to the root of like, why my eating disorder started in the first place? Sure. Um, what kind of therapy were you doing? Was it CBT or talk therapy? Talk therapy. Talk therapy. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? I love therapy. Yeah? I love it so much. I'm still in therapy. I think yeah. everyone should go to therapy, regardless of like what you go through. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's just even just the opportunity like to talk about yourself unashamedly. I think a lot of people like should be allowed to do that once yeah. a day for an hour and be like, "This is how I'm feeling." Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and your your experience like with anxiety. When did that start happening? Like, was it always there? Like from. God, I feel like it was always there. Yeah. yeah. And it just kind of manifested mm-hmm. in different directions and yeah. got worse or better throughout the years, but it's always been part of me. When uh, When is the first time you can remember it? Oh, Lord. It's like we're getting deep. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, that was all good. Uh, well, my father passed away when I was a child, when I was four mm-hmm. years old, and I feel um, everyone tried to protect me from that, but it mm-hmm. always felt like the anxiety of the household I lived in. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like adapted those behaviors. I feel like it's... Oh, gosh, and that happened when I was four, so it's kind of always been, like, there part of my life. Did you start dancing after that or before? Before. Okay. So it wasn't like, oh, now I need an outlet. No. No? No, I don't think I really used dance as an outlet until I was a teenager and really, like, was able to take it on mm-hmm. because being in a ballet world, it's like I go to class and I do this, and it's, like, very mm-hmm. traditional. And then when I got older, I was like, but expressing myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Courtney, do you have any experience with anxiety or anything like that? Um, yes. Um, I <laughs> other have, than living in New York. Other than living in New York, no. Um, <laughs> I 
So I, when I was little, I had a lisp. Uh-huh. And so no one could understand me beside my um, family. And I was also homeschooled. And um, how did we never talk about this? I or, know. We need yeah. to like talk about it sometime. But yeah. um, because of that, mm-hmm. I talking became this like anxiety filled thing that I had to do sometimes because first of all, no one understood me. And then um, people would, I remember grown ups talking about how I was like slow or illiterate or just like I was that dumb kid. Like mm-hmm. I remember all these names that they would say because they saw that I was out of school and I didn't talk. And when I did, they didn't understand me. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm just never going to talk ever again. <laughs> so, um, it wasn't until I was about 16 and then like realize like being in classes where like no one talked to me and they would put me in the back cause they didn't think I was good enough. And then I was like, maybe I can actually just like use this in a way. And I definitely used dance and I like remember just dancing around the room and I would invite people to my shows and say, this is me. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not very good at explaining who I am. Or and talking, but like if you come to my show, then it's like you're seeing part of me that you'll never see, yeah. and that's why like even when I perform now, it's very like touching when people come to my shows because I'm like, I feel like we connected in a way that we've never been able to, um, but even now, um, I think it was like twelve or thirteen, and my lisp just all of a sudden kind of went away. But when I'm anxiety, when I have like, when I'm around a lot of people, yeah, especially I don't know, like at a party, it's like my worst nightmare is at yeah. a party because I just I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what like I'm not good at telling stories, um, and so I just kind of like hide and I just and also when I talk, I, like the lisp kind of comes out a little bit when I get nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I found out, so I like I, it's more social. Yeah. But, um... Do you think that comes from being homeschooled and isolated? Probably a little bit. I mean, I did a lot of, like, I did dance and I did a lot of crafts, but it was also where I feel like the kids never figured out how to, like, interact with me because they were like, you're not in school, so I can't talk to you about Mm -hmm. teachers. And be like, I can talk about my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Little known fact that Yo Mama joke was originated (laughs) by homeschoolers. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, yeah. And we were, like, in an area where we didn't have any kids around. Yeah. And even though I I didn't feel isolated at the time, I, I definitely was. Did that make it harder, like, because I I know with me, um, it it made, like, regular friendships really difficult Mm -hmm. because the barometer for, like, what is socially acceptable was completely off. Yeah. Was that also the case with you? Yeah. I, um, it, like, it just felt very limiting. Yeah? Like, until I was after. After, like, high school. And then, every like, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can talk to you about things. Yeah. But, like, in high school kids, I was like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> like, yeah. we, t- we do dance together, but, like, what else are we going to talk about? Sure. You know? Um, and 
But then after high school, it was like, and like college and doing other stuff, it was like, oh my God, we have things to talk about. I can like tell you, I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the, um, the lisp and like not being able to express yourself verbally, do you think that really spurred you towards dance? Like yeah. to express yourself that way? Yeah. Yes. I also found out mm. um, that I was also bow-legged. Ooh. Fun fact. <laughs> um, to a point where they didn't know if I would be able to walk when I was older. Oh. Wow. And one of the suggestions was either surgery or, um, and I was like four years old, so mm-hmm. surgery or dance. Yeah. And they put me in dance. And I thought it was because my sister danced, and I wanted to be like my sister. No, it was because I was bow-legged. And so <laughs> they put me in dance, and that, like, fixed fixed it um but that's why like I have awful turnout like I can't turn my like legs out at all because it was like inward so yeah so much about you Um, I know right (laughs) but um yeah it was like I remember being on stage and my parents coming and my sister coming and all these people came up to me and they're like you were the most beautiful thing ever on stage. Like, I don't know what happened to you, but, like, you took the sunshine out and, like, you just, yeah. you performed. And it was like I was looking into your soul. And I was like, wow, this is what this feels like. And it just, and also I come from, like, five-kid family. So, like, yeah. So, like, I've always been, like, not the main focus. Sure. So, like, dance gave me, like, let's be honest, yeah. The ability to have the focus all on me. <laughs> and, like, that was... Good. Yeah. So, I... But, yeah. Dance always helped with anxiety and being able to feel like I communicate with people. There's something um, where you improv and there's, like, contact improv. And you just, like, you move with someone and you connect with them. And I find... The coolest moments is when you don't know the person, yeah. but you can feel they're okay with you touching them, and then you just dance with them, and it's like, I've connected to you on a pers- on a level that, like, you don't connect to in real life with people that, like, deeply, and I, I feel like it has definitely helped me, like, connect with people mm-hmm. and feel like I have a little community. Mm-hmm. What are, um, what are other ways that, this is a question for both of you. Um, that in your day-to-day, uh, how do you cope with anxiety and what do you do when it's getting really bad? Or normal, like a normal level of anxiety. It's kind of like, um, there's that, like, this is disgusting, but there's this, uh, like, there's a level of pus you can have in milk, you know, from a cow, <laughs> because the way we, in America, there's a certain level of anxiety that is acceptable per day by the FDA or whatever. Um, I love that. That's the analogy you went with? (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately. The cow pus analogy. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) my question says... It's like, you know, there's a certain level of, like, spiders that are in our chocolate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Use that one next time instead of pus. Or asbestos in this room. No. Exactly. Um, But, yeah. Uh, How do you cope on the day-to-day? Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Um, I, I don't, oh, 
Surprisingly, annoyingly, I think my answer is um, choreographing because, yeah, yeah especially like on the train traveling when there's like mm-hmm. a million people there and I just get yeah. anxious, like claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw music on and just like listen to my headphones and just kind of start choreographing in my brain and that like kind of immediately like mm-hmm. calms me mm-hmm. down. Okay. Yeah, that helps. Also, on the plane or on the train, I've started doing like those paint by number apps. Yeah. They're so calming to me, mm-hmm. for me. I don't know. It's just like. I get to do something art-like, mm-hmm. but then it's, I don't, I and I get to think about all, like, things I need to think about, or not, mm-hmm. which is very, like, relaxing to me, and then I have mm-hmm. a pretty picture afterwards, so I do, I do that, but, um, yeah, dance also, yeah. yeah, we're the annoying people on the bus, where, or the train where you see, and they're, like, moving and, like, doing something <laughs> weird, yeah, I, I understand. Um, people always like just especially if it's us together. Uh-huh. They're just like, oh yeah, people don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie, if I may ask, mm-hmm. um, you are pregnant, yes? Yes. I was just gonna ask. Uh, obviously, there's like a lot of changes that go in your body, and how mm-hmm. has that affected you as a dancer? Oh, uh, well, just physically, I'm, I'm sorry noticing that, like, my balance is really off, yeah. um, which is, totally throws me off. And there are some things, because uh, I'm also a teacher, so there's things I realize, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't lay on my stomach and, like, mm-hmm. do weird things like that. Um, so, yeah, physically, that's starting to just kind of, like, throw me off a little bit. Today, mm-hmm. Courtney, Corey started choreographing a piece, and I did it, and I got, like, really winded. And I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> like, this sucks so bad. Um, but that well, being said, you still do crazy things that we're like, Katie, no, I know. <laughs> don't go upside down. Like, it's something I'm learning to adjust to. <laughs> sure, um, sure. But I am re- like mentally, it's it's interesting as well. Because um, again, cause I, was, I was thinking about this when we were talking earlier. Um, so far, I feel fine, um, but there's people that are automatically asking me like about how my body's changing and they're like, are you okay with that? Like, are you restricting yourself? Is it like triggering eating disorder thoughts? I'm like, I did not even think about that until you mentioned it. So thank you. Um, that's been fun. Also, like I had like really bad, I don't know if this is too much information. I had really bad morning sickness. So Mm -hmm. I was like sick several times a day and I haven't been that sick consistently since I was bulimic. Um, so that was something really been like, Mm. This is a little weird. Um, yeah. I haven't spent this much yeah. time in the bathroom since I was like a teenager. Yeah. So it's been, and my body is changing. Um, and it's this amazing experience so far, knowing that this like little bing's growing inside of me. And every time I go to the doctor, like hearing the heartbeat, has been like a beautiful thing. And it's something really exciting. But there's all these little thoughts that like I'm always like, oh, right, that's there. Especially because mm-hmm. other people keep bringing it up. Yeah. Other people bring it up all the time. Yeah. But also, like, when uh, she told me, it was, like, it was so much excitement, too, because it was, like, you know, Katie didn't think she could. Oh. And, like, she, like, yeah, literally didn't that. think because of all the stuff that she's gone through, like, that she sure. couldn't. And the fact yeah. that, like, no, you're healthy enough to bring a child into the world is such a big thing yeah mm-hmm. when I was younger um, I think the doctor was more trying to scare me but I lost my menstrual cycle when I was younger so the doctor told me that I would have a harder time conceiving mm-hmm. um, so I always had that thought in my head I was like I don't know if I can have a baby so when it, it the baby's a surprise <laughs> it was not planned but my first reaction was just like again like I was like oh this can happen like even though I like it was amazing um but it was one of those things like my eating disorder caused so many 
changes and damages when I was younger that's like, I don't know if this is going to affect me my whole life now. Mm -hmm. I forgot. I forgot that. At first, I was like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's absolutely wonderful to know, specifically, like, that you still think about it, you still deal with it, but it doesn't, it's not everything. Yeah. For your life. Mm-hmm. You have other parts of your life. Yeah. That's why, again, um, not everyone agrees with me, but that's why I've always associated eating disorders with, like, having an addiction. Yeah. Um, and the same way that an alcoholic may not be drinking or um, every now and then if they get stressed out, they may be like, oh, I wish I could drink. Yeah. It's kind of, like, in that level where it's just, like, I don't want to put my body through that. It was obsessive. It was awful. But every now and then I'm just like, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is this thing. I was talking on a – I don't know, touch a brag, but I was talking on a panel about how oh. I'm insane. Um, <laughs> there's that Carrie Fisher line. I'm like, I don't know if you've ever been invited to a mental hospital, but it's nice. Um, very flattering. <laughs> uh, but I was talking on a panel, and I was like, I think that one of the biggest misnomers in art is that you have to be unhealthy some way to do it, mm-hmm. uh, mentally specifically. Yeah. But what I found... What I found more and more is that, like, you have to be healthy to work. And therefore, if you are unhealthy, it's not sustainable. Agree, disagree, why? Discuss. <laughs> um, uh, that that one is such an interesting one to me. Because um, I have several friends, and they are brilliant artists, but they're the kind of artists that they openly feed off their misery because they think that makes their art better. Yeah. Um, and I can empathize with that, I guess, because I remember when I was really, really sick and my and my mental health was really, like, rah, like that's when I would feel like I was creating the most, like, significant art. Yeah. Because um, I, like, had to have my art come out because it's the only way I could survive. Yes. And so it's been a transition, like, becoming healthy and becoming, like, self-accepting and all those good things. And, like, instead of using my art to... I, I guess I like cope. I use my art to tell like the story of where I came from. Mm-hmm. So it's like a transition because it doesn't feel like I'm like ripping my soul out. It feels like I'm just like sharing instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it definitely helps when you like you're going through stuff and you just need to like get it out. Mm-hmm. And then when you are past it, to be able to go back into that and like know how it feels and like like I when I because I'm performing more than choreography choreography choreographing choreographing um and so it's 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 helpful to be like all right this piece is about this go back to that like moment where I felt this way and like bring it up um but if I were to stay in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> there would, there, it wouldn't, I wouldn't get nothing done. Yeah. Like, I, it might also be this, like, you know, balance of, like, we go through hard times and we use our art for that way and we get stuff through there, but that also heals us. Mm-hmm. And so then we are able to move through other stuff that we have to do, mm-hmm. you know, because art is also now a business. Yeah. And so if you're not, healthy enough to be able to promote yourself and promote your company and mm. you know we're at a stage now that we have board members yeah. and so like yeah. if you have to be able to show up yeah for your company and so it's mm. and also it's nice when there's two people because I feel like 
we help each other a lot. So if I'm having an awful day, like, it's all Katie. And then mm-hmm. when Katie's have had awful days, you know, I take charge a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's, so we help each other, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I always figured two things. One, um, there's always going to be something to be miserable about. Don't yes. worry about it. <laughs> like, yeah, life right. is going to be bad enough where you're going to get upset about something else. You Just don't get even... on the subway. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you don't have to linger. You don't have to, like, you will be given the opportunity to be miserable. I assure you, number one. Number two, I always, there's this also very frustrating thing, I think, that happens a lot with art in general where, like, pain is viewed as more not necessarily interesting but more valid whereas like Mm. joy is an emotion and a deep emotion as well and i think just most people just don't want to accept that and i think it's a interesting societalistical thing that's changed over a while what uh what do you think the biggest advice you would give to someone who is starting to do dance and does have mental health issues, either anxiety or depression or whatever. And how would you advise them to get through it? Um, <laughs> I always think dancing for yourself is really important. Um, and I remember that was the main thing when we did um, a workshop at the Frank Sinatra School because those mm-hmm. kids are all high school students. So they're they're in an environment right now where they're learning and they're drilled every single time. And we did improv with them, and a lot of the students hadn't done that before. Um, and they hadn't, like, started to find their own creativity yet. And for me, like, that is one of the most important things because regardless if we're dancers, like, we do have to go take classes. We do have to um, be physical. We do have to do all these things. Are like, we can't get around that. But it's really important to be able to, like, Go into a room, turn on some music, and dance for yourself. Mm-hmm. Get your own creativity out, um, just for your own sanity, to, to remind yourself like why I love dancing in the first place. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you could do in like improv classes, where it's just like you are just like figuring out how you like to move, mm-hmm. is one of the best tools you can because um, it not only shows you how you like what you like but then it also shows what you don't like um mm-hmm. which i think is very important as an artist but that workshop was so cool because um a lot of the kids were like i had so much anxiety and you just let me like dance it out yeah. like that's why you should be dancing that's why we dance, why we dance. to express it's, ourselves yeah and it's 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 not about the lines you make it's mm-hmm. i mean if you're going to do, like, a ballet track, then yes. But it should start from the fact of your love for it. And then you should dance for yourself. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds very Billy Idol. Dancing for yourself. Well, on that terrible <laughs> note, <laughs> um, I would like to thank both of you very much for doing this. Um, I'm excited to see the show and be a part of it and thank yeah. you for letting me do that of course thank you i'm so thank excited you. To be part we of love it you in the show well great i love <laughs> you too Aww.